We began Daniel chapter 4 last week and left off in verse 27 after verse 27. Today we'll take up there in verse 28, uh, look at the next part of the story uh, related to Nebuchadnezzar's dream, another dream, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's second dream. But before we uh, get into it, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I just ask you to bless our time that we spend in it today. May your Holy Spirit open our hearts and minds to glean those things that you would have us to. God, how we might see your character revealed, who you are, that you are the sovereign creator and sustainer, the whole universe, that you raise up kingdoms and nations that you remove them, but at the same time that you're full of grace, you give opportunity for repentance, for restoration. I just open our hearts and minds that we will see the truths here. May your Holy Spirit illumine our thoughts. May the Holy Spirit give action to our hands and our feet that as we see these truths opened up, that we will be willing to respond to them, to, to make these truths part of our lives, Lord, that we will be led by You in all that we do and say. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Verse 20, 28, All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. What is the all this? Well, it's verses 1 through 27. The chapter began with King Nebuchadnezzar writing. I'm sure Daniel had a part in it, maybe uh, wrote it down, but it's a, it's a different perspective. It's written, written from by Nebuchadnezzar, basically. Nebuchadnezzar to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. It seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. Nebuchadnezzar is, is so moved, I think so changed by the events that happen in chapter 4, that he, he sends out a, a, almost a biography of this short section of his life, maybe perhaps eight years. Um, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But he wants everybody to know, it seemed good to me to show you the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. So the things that, that we read last week that we'll get into this week have, have changed Nebuchadnezzar and he wants everyone to know. In verse 4, he began to, to retell the account of the events that have changed him the events that have impacted his life, get, given him a, a new understanding of who the Most High God truly is. 
He began the account by saying how he was at ease and prospering in his palace. Everything was going well. Everything was smooth. He had conquered the world. He was building this great city of Babylon in the, in the, in the Babylonian empire, the Babylonian nation. He was there at ease, no wars going on. There was nobody else to, to, to conquer or to fight. He's beaten the Assyrians, the Egyptians. He, he's beaten uh, the, the Israelites in, in Judah, taken their uh, temple articles and utensils back to Babylon and incorporated them into his, into his God's temples until one day, one night, He's laying in his bed. He says the, the fancies and the visions of his head alarmed him. So much so that he sent out a decree and brought in all the wise men. Same old guys. Old habits are hard to break. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. He brings in the, the Chaldeans, the magicians, the enchanters, the astrologers, just like he did in chapter 2. Old habits are hard to break. He, he, he looked to those guys who have really let him down before. And he told them the dream, and just as in chapter 2, they're unable to tell him the interpretation. Actually gives them an easier job here in chapter 4 than he did in 2. Remember in chapter 2, he said, I had a dream, tell me the dream and its interpretation, or I'm going to rip you limb from limb and I'm going to bulldoze all your houses. This time he goes easy on them, says, just tell me the interpretation. They still can't do it, so finally he calls in Daniel. You kind of wonder if he's, you know, maybe not the brightest bulb on the tree, that he's, uh, why didn't he call Daniel first? But maybe Daniel was busy doing other things and Nebuchadnezzar didn't want to bother him. Kind of doubt that. I think he just wasn't all that sharp. He finally brings in Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar's re recalling this, telling this, this story, and he, and he throws in, he said in verse 8, At last Daniel came in, he who was named Belteshazzar after the name of my God. Daniel, meaning God is my judge, the, the, the Hebrew name of Daniel. And, and Nebuchadnezzar says, Belteshazzar, may Bel be his protector, named after his god, maybe his former god, we may decide by the end of the, of the chapter. And he told him the dream and asked him to give him the interpretation. Daniel says he'll, he'll give it a go. Nebuchadnezzar then goes on and describes this dream of this, this tree in the midst of the earth. It's, its height's great. It grew strong. It reached to the top of the up. It reached to heaven. It was visible from the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful. Its fruit abundant. Uh, there was fruit for all, for the beasts, for the birds, for, for everyone. He, he's describing this tree that's beneficial to all the, all the earth. It's, it's mighty, it's powerful, it's strong, it's a protector, it's a provider. Then as he's laying there, in, in verse 13 we saw probably what then began to trouble Nebuchadnezzar. 
this mighty tree, I don't think, troubled him. But what happens next then began to uh, to scare him, to terrify him. As he wa- as he looked at this tree, a watcher, a holy one, came down and proclaimed, "Chop down the tree." Lop off its branches, strip its leaves, scatter its fruit, let the beasts flee, let the birds flee, but leave the stump in the earth with a band of iron and bronze and tender grass. And then the pronoun changes. Let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts of, of the uh, with the beasts of the field. Let his mind be changed from a man and let a beast mind to be given to him. That's got to be what scared Nebuchadnezzar that this this holy one, this watcher, probably an angel came down and said, chop down that mighty tree. Nebuchadnezzar may have already had an idea that that tree's Babylon. But then when it became uh, a, a personal pronoun, a masculine personal pronoun, let him, he's like, Mm-mm, this, this is worrisome. Uh, I wonder if he's talking about me. And then the watcher said, this is the decision, the words of the Holy Ones, to the end that the living may know the Most High rules the kingdoms of men and gives it to whom he will and sets it over the, and sets it over the lowliest of men. Nebuchadnezzar heard him say the reason for this decree from the Holy One, from the Most High, is that he might know, that all might know, that the Most High rules over the kingdom of men. When Nebuchadnezzar told Daniel the the dream and what he had heard, Daniel was alarmed because he truly knew the whole meaning, the whole interpretation. He even, he even uh, waited a while, I think more than, than just a pause, that he, was, that he was speechless or at least hesitant to, to, to begin speaking and telling Nebuchadnezzar the dream. Kind of interesting that here this, this captive who's probably middle-aged by now has been in, in, in Babylon uh, probably over 20 years. We don't know exactly when this happens, but it but it seems to be nearer, you know, the the end of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, say the last three quarters. If if that's the case, then Daniel's probably been in in Babylon for 30 years. And he, but he doesn't seem to hold a grudge against Nebuchadnezzar. He's he's alarmed. He tells him, "I don't. I wish this were for those who hate you." I wish its interpretation was was for your enemies, but the tree you saw, it is you. In verse twenty-two, it is you who, O King, who have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown and and reached heaven. And then he goes on and he tells him that that this is a decree from the Most High that's come upon the king, that you will be driven from among men. Your dwelling place will be with the beasts of the field. You'll be made to eat grass like an ox. You shall be wet with the dew of heaven till seven periods of time pass over till you know 
that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. And he'll tell Nebuchadnezzar, this dream is has a purpose. The purpose is for you, that you know that it's not you who have done all these great things, but it is God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Most High, the Most High God, sets up kingdoms. He gives it to whom He will. At this time, He's given it to you. This dream is all about you, Nebuchadnezzar, but the purpose is that God has a lesson He's trying to teach you. God is concerned with you, for you, Nebuchadnezzar. And then in verse 26, He said, The command to leave the stump is that your kingdom shall be confirmed for you after the period of time that you know that heaven rules. And then Daniel gives him a plea, an exhortation to to repent. He said, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins. Renounce your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed that perhaps there will be a lengthening of your prosperity. Daniel knows God to be merciful. God hasn't, hasn't told Daniel that if Nebuchadnezzar repents that he will lengthen his days. Daniel says perhaps, but Daniel knows that God is merciful and if Nebuchadnezzar repents and shows mercy to the oppressed that, that God would forgive him. That brings us to verse 28. All this came up, up, up upon Nebuchadnezzar, all of the, the events of his dream. Verse 29, At the end of twelve months he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, and the king answered and said, Is this not the great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence for the glory of my majesty? While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. You shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time pass over you until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom He will. Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair grew as long as eagles' feathers and his nails were like birds' claws. I'm not sure if we were watching a movie of this, <clears throat> if everyone would be cheering because the bad guy got what was coming to him. I'm not sure we should cheer, but let's we'll save that for later. Nebuchadnezzar had the dream. Daniel interpreted the dream. And then 12 months went by. 12 months to become complacent. 12 months to, to, to say, eh, maybe Daniel wasn't right this time. He's walking on the roof of his palace. Remember, it began 
uh, Nebuchadnezzar said he was he was at ease in his palace and he was prospering. He had the dream that terrified him. Daniel told him the interpretation of the dream. He he probably had some sleepless nights wondering, waiting, when's this going to happen? Twelve months went by. Maybe he hasn't entirely forgotten, but I don't think it's at the forefront of his thinking and, and concern. Daniel had said, renounce your sins, break off from your sins, practice righteousness, show mercy to the oppressed. Nebuchadnezzar goes back to being Nebuchadnezzar. And then one day, he's, he's walking on the roof of his palace. A year later, he looks out and he sees the walls of the city that were so big they say they could have chariot races up up on top of the walls. They were wide enough for a chariot to go down, make a U-turn and come back if, if they wanted. He sees the, the great gates that he's built into the walls. He's, he can probably see the hanging gardens that he had built for his, his wife from the, 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 the median uh, imp nation, who, who his wife from Iran, who was used to the mountains, and, and said, you know, I think I'm going home to daddy, but I don't like this barren desert. Nebuchadnezzar makes her, builds her the hanging gardens of, of Babylon, one of the, the wonders of the ancient world. Walks up there, sees that, He's at ease in his kingdom, and he, and he says, Is this not the great Babylon that I have built? By my mighty power, for the glory of my majesty. And then, boom, he was complacent after 12 months of nothing happened. But think about just the 12 months that he got. What is that a picture of? That's a picture of God's grace that God gave him 12 months to listen to Daniel, to, to listen to, remember the interpretation of the dream. Nebuchadnezzar seems to think that, man, eh, nothing's going to happen. He hasn't changed one bit. Verse 31 while the words were still in his mouth, a voice came from heaven. I think he was startled by his dream. I bet he was ten times more startled by the, the word coming from heaven, from heaven. Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. You'll be driven from among men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time will pass over you until you know the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom He will. And immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was at ease in his palace, he was prideful. 
in what he had done. Look what I've done by my power and my glory. While the words were in his mouth, a voice from heaven proclaimed, you will be driven from your kingdom. And immediately, it, it was true. Immediately it happened. Nebuchadnezzar was driven out and, and lived like an animal for seven periods of time. Some translate it seven years. It seems more like a perfect, seven being the perfect number. So until the perfect amount of time had gone by for God to show Nebuchadnezzar what he wanted him to know that the Most High rules and gives kingdoms to, to whom he will, that Nebuchadnezzar was to, to live like an, an animal. It may have been seven years. If it was seven years, it was still the perfect amount of time according to God's will, God's plan. It's not an, a common disease that, that hits Nebuchadnezzar. It is certainly a judgment of God. It's, it's boanthropy is thinking one is an ox, living as an ox. Lycanthropy, thinking that one is a, a wolf, that it, that it is a, a, a true medical, uh, mental disorder that happens to Nebuchadnezzar. One minute he's up on top of his roof surveying the great Babylon and what he's done. The mi next minute he is fleeing that, going out into the, the, the wilderness, out in t away from the city, and is living as an ox. His hair grows long. His nails grow long. He eats grass. He doesn't even know he's a man anymore. Verse 34, at the end of the days, at the end of that period that God had established those, that, those seven periods of time, that perfect timing, as God always works in His perfect timing, at the end of those days, Nebuchadnezzar I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored Him who lives forever. For His dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing, and He does according to His will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and, and, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my Lord sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven. For all His works are right, and His ways are just, and those who walk in pride He is able to humble. At the end of the days, Nebuchadnezzar's reason returned to him. Another picture of God's grace toward Nebuchadnezzar is, is that no one 
took over the kingdom. God had, had told him through the dream, through, through Daniel, that after seven periods of time, your kingdom will be restored to you. It would have been normal for Nebuchadnezzar's enemies to, to just go out, if he's in the woods, if he's in the wilderness, to just go out and kill him and take his place, take over the kingdom while he's in, insane. The fact that they didn't is another tribute to God's, to God's sovereignty. And he even, he even testifies how more greatness was added to him. The one who, who had been proclaiming from the rooftop, look at this great Babylon that I've built by my mighty power. God gave him more. He said more greatness was added to him after Nebuchadnezzar came to the realization that it wasn't him, but it was the Most High God. Whose kingdom and dominion are from generation to generation, an everlasting dominion. Maybe he's remembering the dream in chapter 2 where the stone uncut by human hands comes out and, and destroys all of those kingdoms that are coming after him until a, and then a mighty uh, mountain is raised by that, uh, from that stone. Maybe he's remembering that, maybe, maybe not, but that Nebuchadnezzar, I really think, comes to realize, comes to a, a faith in the Lord God of Israel, that he praises him and honors him. Could he have still been polytheistic? Possibly. The scholars and commentators are really kind of divided. You could probably, uh, you can maybe find equal number who say Nebuchadnezzar became a true believer. No, Nebuchadnezzar didn't. He just he's using uh, these phrases. Uh, but but for me, no scholar here. But for me, I think he truly believes in the Most High God, and and then we see how God. Uh, reestablishes him. Almost a picture of God's going to reestablish Israel in the promised land after the period of, of, of the exile. So what else can we glean from it? Twelve months after the dream and the interpretation goes by. I think Nebuchadnezzar decided, ah, it's not going to happen. wonder what Daniel was thinking. I think Daniel knew that it would happen in God's time. That when, when God was ready to show Nebuchadnezzar, back in verse 17, to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to the low, lowliest. I think Daniel may have been praying those 12 months that Nebuchadnezzar would finally see who the true God is without having to go through these things. Nebuchadnezzar has forgotten it. What we can glean from that, God's judgment may be slow, but it is certain. After all, it's man who has created the clock, not, not God. 
what about the extreme that God goes to to show us He is Lord? God drives Nebuchadnezzar, the great and mighty king, to live like an animal to show him who is truly the Lord, who is truly the Most High. There's no one too big for God. God can and does many times humble rulers and leaders. Shows us that God knows how to make wrong right. Nebuchadnezzar has been oppressing uh, these nations that he's conquered, used them to build the great city of Babylon, not to God's glory, not because he realized that previously that God had raised him up as the ruler and, and given Israel, Egypt, Assyria into his hand. But God knows how to make wrong right. And just because there seems to be silence doesn't mean that God is not working. Nebuchadnezzar took that 12 months of silence to think, not going to happen. Maybe sometimes we see the injustices and oppression in, in, in our world or maybe even in our individual lives and, and think, well, I don't hear anything. Nothing's happening. It doesn't mean that God is not still at work. Dr. Constable says that the contest between God and Nebuchadnezzar is a broad illustration of God's dealing with the entire human race. That God is sovereign, the Almighty. Man was created in God's image, but to worship God. And when our pride lifts us up to elevate ourselves in our own mind to, to be equal to God, that, that, that God brings down nations as well as individuals. James Montgomery Boyce writes, everything God does is significant. So when God caused Nebuchadnezzar to be lowered from the pinnacle of pride to the baseness of insanity and to be associated with the beasts and behave like a beast, God was saying by that punishment that this is the result when men give the glory of God to themselves, they become beast-like. In fact, they become even worse than beasts because beasts when they are beast-like, or at least behaving the way beasts should behave. But we, when we become beast-like, behave not only like beasts, which is below where we should behave and is therefore bad enough, but even worse than beasts. Boy says, this is what happens when men and women take the glory of God to themselves. What's another word for 
for that. Maybe the simplest word would be pride and, and boasting of, of ourselves. Boyce points out that we have a picture of that in, in Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter, in chapter 1. Romans 1.18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor Him or give thanks to Him. They became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their heart to impurity, to dishonoring their, their bodies among themselves, because they ex exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. He said, although they knew God, they did not honor Him or give Him thanks. They became prideful. They didn't honor God for, the, for, for who He is, what He's done. And God gave them over. Paul goes on and, and describes how He gave them over in, in verses 26 through the end of, 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 verse, of, of chapter 1. But he, but he says, first He gave them over to uncleanness, and then to uh, to vile affections or sexual perversions, and and finally to a reprobate mind. James Montgomery Boyce says, "Well, it seems to me," he said, "for a while ago, years ago, I thought Paul had the order backwards." And he said he's, he he came to the conclusion of no. First was the uncleanness then the sexual perversions, and then the reprobate mind, meaning that man began to think this is the way things are, are, are supposed to be. Not just doing the things, but, but believing that this is how we should continue to do things. To quote Boyce, not only are we doing these things and will continue to do them, but we consider that these things are right and demand that you recognize they are right. God, Paul writes to the Romans and said, God gave them over to these desires, to this thinking. He was writing nearly 2,000 years ago to the church in Rome, but he could very well be writing to the church today that our society wants us to, to think, not just do, but think certain abominations that our, our nation supports is the normal way. 
all sorts of sexual perversions that society would say, no, these are normal and you should think they are normal and you should accept them and you should, you should uh, propagate that sort of thing even in your churches. God gave them up. God gave Nebuchadnezzar this judgment after he had warned him. Paul says we kind of had the, the same type of judgment when we begin not to honor God or to give Him thanks, but to think we have done all these great things. It's just kind of amazing how People haven't changed that we still don't give God His proper place. Nebuchadnezzar finally got it. When one comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Savior, I think at that moment in our lives, we get it. We realize that I'm a sinner. I am separated from God. That we were made in His image to worship Him, to have fellowship with Him. Sin came into the world. And we, 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 until we become a, until we're saved, to use that, that churchy word, until we become a believer and, and humble ourselves before God and say, I can't do it. I cannot save myself. I cannot live by the law. And that only the blood of Jesus Christ can atone for my sins. And then we, we, we reach that true attitude of humility and all our pride is stripped away at that moment. But we still live in this shell until Christ returns and, and, and the resurrection. We still live in this sinful shell and that pride that Nebuchadnezzar has. You say, I'd never do that. I have never ever gotten up on my roof and looked at all of my kingdom and said how great I am for making it. But we still have pride. We still, we still dishonor God by not giving Him thanks not giving Him the honor that He deserved because who He is and what He's done for us. Daniel is about the sovereignty of God, that who is in control? God is in control. Israel is in exile. We're in exile. This is not our home. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. God is still in control. Troll. Though he may be silent now, he is still working. We, we need to, to honor God, give Him the thanks that He's due, humble ourselves, remove pride, but also ask God to bring about His will, whatever that might be. As Jesus taught the disciples, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We'll take up in chapter 5 next week.
this was the end of Nebuchadnezzar, that he's, he's uh, by the time chapter 5 comes up, Nebuchadnezzar has gone on. I, I think he went to heaven. But we'll see what happens next with Daniel. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that it reveals to us. God, we see a picture in this. We, we learn or reminded once again that you are the Most High, that you set up kingdoms, that you remove kingdoms. And God, I just pray that you will humble us Lord, I don't want us to have to go through what Nebuchadnezzar did, but God, if it shows us, teach us, reminds us of, of who You are, that we're the creature, that we're the one created to worship You, to give praise and honor and thanks to You, God, just, just give us that sort of spirit that we would Throw away our pride. Throw away any boasting that we have in anything except for Jesus Christ. It's in His name I pray. Amen.